Well, good afternoon or evening or morning. That's uh, Chris here from the Whistle Stop Cafe in Mira, Alberta, and I'm not at the Whistle Stop Cafe. I'm actually uh, in front of the Dutch Parliament buildings. Weird, right? Yeah, so we're about to go in, and we have a meeting with uh, the leader of one of the polit political parties here in the Netherlands, and it translates into uh, in the interest of the Netherlands, is what the party name is. The, 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 the fellow's name is, I'm going to try really hard to get this right, Vibren van Hacha. And he's a, he's a entrepreneur or a businessman. Uh, I found out he's a fairly wealthy individual who doesn't really have, he doesn't have to do this kind of job. He's doing it because, uh, like, like me, he sees things going on in the world, uh, in his government, in his country that he doesn't like and he doesn't like the path around. So he's doing something to change that. And he's graciously invited me to sit down and have a chat with him and, and interview him. Because, and, and we're going to talk about this in there, but there's a lot of parallels between what's going on in the Netherlands and what's going on in Canada right now. And as a matter of fact, it's the same all across the globe. We have outside influences, apart from our governments, pushing policies on our individual countries, our respective countries, that are not in our best interest. And we're starting to see um, we're starting to see some of the results of this, specifically in our energy industries, um, with health issues. And uh, I, I thought, what better way to kind of get a better big picture on this than to come to the Netherlands and talk to some other government officials and some uh, uh, countrymen and countrywomen who are being affected by the same thing. So yeah, uh, wish us luck. My name is Christopher Scott. Yeah, I'm from, Nice to meet you. Uh, I'm from uh, Alberta, Canada. And the reason I'm here is because, uh, actually, the real reason is because when I was in Ottawa, we were standing up against our government. I watched the people in the Netherlands doing the same thing here. And they had Canadian flags and they were like really cheering us on and rooting for us. And, and I thought, wow, that, that's amazing. And then I saw uh, what was happening with your farmers here. Yes. And so I figured, I should come out and, and show that you know, Canadians support what's going on with Dutch farmers and the Dutch people here as well, standing up against this stuff. So that's how I ended up here. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the protests here have been massive. The, the, I know, the, yeah. the attack on our farmers was brutal. It still is. You know, lots of farmers have even hanged themselves. Um, we've got one of our party members is a dairy farmer, Ninka Kopmans, maybe you've heard of her. And she's, uh, she, she's got her own cattle and she's protesting and joining the uh, the fight. Is the government listening? No, 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 because, I mean, you know, Trudeau and, and Rota, they, they are singing exactly from the same song sheet. The brothers in arms, they, for some reason, they, they managed to uh, convert from, uh, well, let's say, liberalism, social liberalism, to collectivism. Mm. And uh, in, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's more or less a, a communistic, collectivistic attack on Anybody who's working or who's successful, who managed to save some money, or and they always start. I mean, we've seen it with Stalin and Pol Pot. They always start with the farmers, the landowners, and then they go they go on uh, to, to uh, hammer down on the uh, on investors, on property owners, um, businessmen, uh, small businesses. It moves from uh, equality for all to equal outcome for all. Yeah, but the efficiency, of course, drops dead. 
Absolutely. And then you get famine and you get shortages of everything. Mm -hmm. And if, if our farmers stop producing, we have a worldwide problem. And same in Canada. And, and, and I'm, I'm really delighted that the, the truckers joined uh, the strikes. Um, but of course, the, the way the government treated the truckers was, was horrendous. It was, uh, I, I had to leave two days before, actually the day before everything happened. I was there for a month. But my girlfriend and uh, my traveling companion, yeah, he does shows with me, his name's Kerry Lambert. They had to get back because they had been saying, oh, one more week, one more week to work. Yep. And we had to go back and we, we left and then the horses were trampling people and it was unbelievable. But I see the same thing happening here and I see the same type of policies. And what I've noticed is that these policies aren't to the benefit of the people of our countries yeah. at all. Yeah, that, that's why, why our uh, political party is called uh, the interest of the people, the interest of the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. Because the interest of the Netherlands is, is long gone. It's the interest of a small elite bunch of people, and they are the administrative, administrative elite as opposed to the capitalistic elite that we had. In the past, you could just work hard and become rich and have your luxury, and but that's gone. Now this, the, these bureaucrats, they've formed their, mm -hmm. uh, they, they, they've just uh, taken over the power. In Canada, uh, we have, there's 38 million people, and we have a million federal employees. That's not counting police or, or military yeah. or anything like that. And then we have uh, more, probably a million and a half provincial. And then I don't know what municipal is, but the number, I think for every, probably every 15 people, there's one person in some sort of bureaucratic position. Yeah. And it's, I, I don't think that's sustainable. And I kind of, I realize it's, it's not much different here. The, the bureaucracy is just huge to the point where... Well, the, the, the government is exploding. Right? The, the traditional uh, liberals, the traditional right-wing government, would always say we, we need a small efficient government but now suddenly it's exploding it's 10 percent per year so i think an, an extra fifty thousand civil servants this year only and uh, that, that's hallucinant it's, it's ridiculous it's unsustainable it's, it's, and it's a cost and the cost have, have to be well the, the people bearing the costs are the people like you and me working so it, it's it's not sustainable now it's come to the point and i think if it hadn't been for covid we might not have seen this Exactly. But it's come to the point where my business, they, they told me I had to shut my business down. And I said, okay, I'll shut my business down. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't like to get on the wrong side of the law. So I shut my business down and we somehow, we made it. The two weeks turned into a year. And my government said, uh, oh, we're sorry. We're sorry we did this. We're not going to do this again. One week later, they did it again. Exactly. And so that really got me thinking about what the government's position was and what their purpose was in in uh, my life, and, and it should be, they're there to regulate and give us the tools and resources we need to succeed. Uh, the, the government needs to serve the people. But serve the, the people. The other way around, when, you, when, you, when you're talking about communism or, or socialism or collectivism, then we have to serve the government because mm -hmm. the government is in power, and that's the transition we're in, and that's what, what I'm fighting against. That's, uh, it's a big fight. It's a really big fight. Yeah, it'll, it'll get a lot worse be before it gets better. And we saw it in the Soviet Union. It took 70, 80 years before the people managed to get out of the, the noose. I hope it doesn't take us that long because I don't think we have that long. If we, you know, if we continue down these paths, um, allowing government to interfere with our lives, shut businesses down, take farms, take land, all this, 
you know, it's going to cause some some human suffering, right? Of course, but it already does. And we, we saw it during the COVID period, which, which was a, an utter scandal, uh, where where the, the government didn't uh, take into account all the collateral damage of the, the, the measures they were, were taking. Um, they, they were giving a, a preference to COVID patients, mm -hmm. 18, 19 year old people who were already dying, and they completely stopped treating cancer patients. They completely uh, stopped treating people with heart diseases. All the government, all the, the, the companies were shut down uh, on a, well, not on a scientific basis. So the, the collateral damage was enormous. And nobody, nobody ever took responsibility for, for that. People were dying left, right and center, not from COVID, but from all the measures that the government was imposing. And with the level of control they have now with all the uh, online electrical means, uh, the, the, the COVID pass, the uh, QR code, it, it's, it's, it's really dangerous because at some point the government gets so much control that you can't get out of it anymore. Right, and there's some, there's some scary parallels there. Um, but first, I want to point out that a lot of those policies, they didn't come from our individual governments or our individual health departments. They came from an external uh, group who was directing our governments and our health officials as to how they should handle this. Yeah. It came from the World Health Organization. Yeah. So all of the talking points came from central planning. Yeah. And none of the individual regional differences were taken into consideration. It was just a widespread, yeah. do this, shut everything down. Same here. And, and like you said, the collateral damage wasn't... They didn't care. In their crusade against COVID, nothing else mattered. And there's a really terrifying parallel there with our energy. In our pursuit for net zero, mm -hmm. nothing else matters. Exactly. It doesn't matter if like, if achieving net zero is going to cause human suffering and human, human loss and human death. That doesn't matter. And that's why, I, I, you know, that's why I'm here and why I'm doing these things, because we should be pursuing human flourishing. We should be flourishing as a society, doing well and prospering and, and being steward, good stewards of the environment. But that's not what the government's talking points are. And they're all coming from this central group with no consideration for the collateral damage. Yeah, my fear is that all these governments together, they discovered that fear is a, is a weapon. Mm -hmm. And by imposing fear on whatever subject, they can do whatever they want with, with the people. So it started with fear for uh, COVID, and then it was fear for CO2, uh, uh, and then it was fear for nitrogen. Uh, we can't have nitrogen deposition on our, on our nature, on our fields, on our lands, and therefore the, half of the farmers have to uh, get away with it. But in the end of the day, it's a trick that the government uses, and it's fear. And fear for migration, fear for whatever they can come up with. But you saw the same group that was fearful for COVID and followed the government. The same group is now completely in a psychosis because of nitrogen or yeah. CO2 or the planet exploding, heating up. And it's it's all scientifically really there's, iffy. There's no basis. Well, the scientists, the scientists are always in disagreement. And they should be. You've got scientists who say the, 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 there's global warming, and, and it's because of uh, mankind. And you've got scientists who say, well, it's it's more related to solar storms or whatever. And it's up to the politicians to 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 make decisions that that are reasonable and good for the people. Mm -hmm. But at this moment, governments are always choosing the fearful 
um, the fearful uh, option so that they can impose fear on the, gov on, on the people and the people will do whatever they want. Uh, and, and of course, fortunately, yeah. fortunately, what we saw with COVID, like personally, I saw a lot of suffering. And because I refused to, eventually, I refused to comply. I said, no, I'm not doing this anymore. My yeah. government said, uh, we're shutting you down again. We'll open you back up in a month. And we have to do this because we, we're all together, right? And I said, okay, I'll do my part. I'll shut my business down. That month went up, went, came up, and, and the government said, well, you can't open yet, and we don't know when you're going to open. I said, no, that's it, I opened. I opened in January uh, mm -hmm. 2021, 2020, 20, 2021, and I was arrested on May 8th. Really? Yeah. You went to prison? I went to prison. Just for a short time, I was only for four days, but I'm still, I'm still in court over this. I'm still, I, I wouldn't comply because people, they started sharing stories about the impacts of the restrictions apart from COVID, and it was so much worse, right? And there's more people like me and like you and like Jasper who are paying more attention to the stuff, the bigger picture, and saying, hey, you know, maybe we should put on the brakes and maybe we should look at the big picture and focus on actually prospering rather than micromanaging, you know, these, these certain little things. So I think there is some hope like that. I'm just hoping that it's not too too little, too late. You know? Well, uh, I think that on hindsight, a, a lot of people actually uh, look back on this COVID period and they decide, well, this was just a crock of shit. It was mm -hmm. just ridiculous. Just uh, How could it happen that we actually uh, stayed at home? We stayed, we had to stay in, we had a curfew at, at nine o'clock, unless you had a dog. But the dog had to be leashed. So if it was unleashed, then COVID would attack you. Wow. But, so all these things, we, we just went along with it. I, I never I never wore a, a mouth mask. What's, what's the word? Mask, yeah. mask. We call them yeah. breathing barriers. Breathing barriers, yeah. I never wore it. But a lot of people were really into it. And they, they were and still? Yeah, you, you still, well, the, the fanatics you see still sitting in their car on their own with a... With a a mask on or walking the dog with a mask on it's, it's completely insane but for nine months even the the, the, the people here in government and the, uh, the the outbreak management team would say no the masks are you know they don't, they don't work uh, against the virus and then suddenly it changed and it appeared that well, now we're discovering that the, the civil servants were debating amongst themselves yeah but it's it's to, to manipulate the people and they would feel this, this sense of fear or urgency because when you see everybody walking around with these silly masks, it's scary, it's scary. Yeah. yeah, and and that's mass control and, and that's the, the reason they did it, not for, for our health. In Alberta, our previous Minister of Justice, he's a different minister now, his name's Casey Madu, mm -hmm. uh, he actually, a couple months ago, came out and said, what the Alberta government did was not about health. It was all about control. And he said this, exactly. the, like yeah. on the record. And it blew my mind because at the time I was saying, this isn't about health. We, I can see this. This is about control. And you're not going to control me in this matter because you're going to kill me. And he was the justice minister and he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything when the police in, in Alberta were coming to my restaurant and giving me summons and tickets and they chained my business shut. They yeah. actually chained the doors of my yeah. business shut and kicked Amazing. me out. Um, and then I held a protest about it, and they threw me in jail. They actually threw me in jail for protesting. Yeah. So what happened there is the health authorities went to the courts without me being present, 
They told the judge that I didn't have a lawyer, which I did. They had been interacting already. And they got an injunction against me that said that I couldn't protest. Yeah. And protesting in Canada, that's a constitutionally protected right. It's a charter right. And there's no there's no caveats on it. It's just you have the right to protest government. Of course, it's our constitutional right. So, Same here in the Netherlands. So uh, in Canada, I went to jail in a free country for protesting. Yeah. And that's why I've uh, I've kind of stepped out of my business and I'm, I'm trying to do more of this stuff because I want people to understand what's going on. But in the end, no, it won't happen within a couple of years, but in the end, don't you feel that these people have to be brought to justice and they have to... Absolutely. ...sentenced? I think a lot of that's going to happen right here. I, I truly in hope so, but, but at the moment there's no sign of it. There isn't, and there's there's a big call for amnesty right now. I hear that yeah. a lot. We yeah. want amnesty for those who were got tickets and got put in jail and stuff like that. And I I don't want amnesty because I'll win on the merits of my of my fight. Yeah, of course. And when it comes to amnesty for those who did this to us and thinking they can get away uncountable, I I'm not I'm not interested in that at all. No, neither am I. I think they have to be brought to justice and they have to get a sentence at some point. And it, it won't happen within a couple of years because these people are still in power and they're still rolling along. But at some point, people will vote for different uh, leaders and they will open the, the, the can of worms. So on that note, in Alberta, we realize that we can't just rely on politicians anymore. We have to do something outside of that, something bigger, something to give politicians uh, the courage to actually do the right thing instead of do the popular thing. Because right now the popular thing is net zero, push uh, push vaccines, yep. and and be scared of COVID. That's popular, yep. but it's not the right thing. So we formed groups in Alberta. Uh, one of them is called the Alberta Prosperity Project, and the idea is that we create this parade of people who believe in freedom, believe in individual self determination, um, small government, and prosperity, and we make it so big that the government has to pay attention. And now they can go into the legislature or parliament, and they can say the truth yep. without fear of being cancelled by this woke kind of crazy yeah. culture. Uh, I, 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 it seems like a good initiative and I hope it will uh, give some results. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I have to get back to my debate. So, okay. uh, anything else you, you want to... Well, discuss? I just wanted to maybe, in your opinion, what should people be doing? What should they be pursuing? Where should, where should they be putting their time if they want to make this stuff? Well, pe pe people should be doing like what I'm doing. I am an entrepreneur and I joined politics because I was fed up with the government. I, I, I think they're totally unreliable. They're not uh, working in my interest or in the interest of the people. So I joined because it's still a system where you, if you participate, you can change things. But a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of hardworking people, they just they're switched off. And then, then it just happens to you, and the bureaucrats will win. So I think everybody should just become a member of a political party. Take it over. Just take it over, yeah. Just just join in and destroy it from, from the inside. Well, not, not exactly destroy it, but just take it over and make sure some sense gets into these political parties. Not people who haven't worked a minute in their lives, and they're just, you know, they're young, they've just graduated, and they... They start telling us what the world is is all about. No, I want people with 20, 30, 40 years experience in some field and, and use their competencies and join a, join a party, become a member of, of parliament, and then, then we can put things right.
But as long as we, we have people here with zero competencies, zero experience, it will remain the same. So, so I, I think there's a, there's a call to action for, yeah, for, for anybody who's hardworking and uh, who's sane, who's just using their common sense, keeping things simple instead of all these bureaucratic nonsense. Mm. I think that, that that's it's on us. It's, uh, we are we were the we are the majority. Ninety percent of people are, are hardworking people. So let, let's get on with it. Do your social service and become a member of parliament for four years or a member of a city council. But slam your fist on the table and, and take over. Any advice for the the farmers and the truckers who are seeing their livelihoods threatened right now? Yeah, they, they have to resist. To, to to the last minute, they they have to get on with it, and don't be fooled by uh, by any promises by a uh, prime minister. Yeah, well, you know, we've got this uh, this committee, and they will uh, come up with a report, and you know, they're kicking the can down the road for another three months, another six months, and in the end, they're they're breaking the resistance, and they should just carry on. They are the landowners, they are the food producers. Uh, they're essential to to our existence, so they should get on, carry on with with with, with all the demonstrations that they're doing, and I, I strongly support them. And I will do my, my bit here, and if they do do their bit uh, during the demonstrations, I think it's fine. And at the end, the pressure will be enough to to get rid of this government. Uh, the next elections are 15th of March here, 2023. If if we have a landslide victory then yeah, it's fine, then it will end. Then the farmers will go back to farming and everybody will be happy again. Because in the end of the day, we've got a nice country and it used to be really, really cool and really efficient. Uh, so yeah, we're not far from that anymore. But if we, if we do nothing and we just sleepwalk to our, uh, our offices every morning and uh, come home and watch telly and, and do nothing, then I think we're into uh, some sort of a communist uh, revolution where these bureaucrats will win and we will suffer for a long time. I agree. So don't give up hope, get exactly. engaged, do your part exactly. and uh, and know that you're not a small fringe minority as our Prime Minister called us. Exactly. We are the majority and we will win. Well, that was... Uh, that was awesome. I'm sure we could probably talk for hours, but uh, yeah. I better let you get back. Yeah, your, I'm sorry. I, your government work? They've started. I'm in the middle of a, a debate about uh, migration and asylum. And that's com completely out of control as well. We're, we're just trampled. It's, just, just it's hard to help people when it's you're over overwhelmed. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, well, thank you very much. Hey, really thank appreciate you. it. And I, uh, I appreciate that you actually, you know, I've kind of, looked in your background a bit and I know you don't have to do this you're doing it because you really want to make a difference and uh, I appreciate it and so do people in Canada because I think at the end of the day we're not fighting our individual governments I really do think we're fighting the same outside influences and, yep, exactly. and we can we can do it together exactly so and, it, and it's really now and ever.